on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You're here on December 20th, our holiday spectacular. The reason we're calling it that is no reason whatsoever, except that it's our last show of 2021. We will be back on January 3rd, so you are joining us here tonight so that we can get you through the little bit of Galaxy news and updates that we need to, so that way we can all break for the holidays and then come back refreshed in 2022. Galaxy getting ready for it. We're getting ready for it. So a lot of stuff we got to get through before the end of the night. And joining us here very shortly should be Sasha Kleshin here in a couple minutes. So to help me do that, he's back from his cruise. The boat didn't sink. So those of you wishing that, too bad. Uh, here he is, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? You know, I knew you were going to have a big guest tonight with Sasha Question, so I have my own holiday guest come over t- uh, tonight. And to- here's Alex Morgan. She's going to a- Alex Morgan also joining the program tonight. I, I should have said that the podcast with us. Yes, yes, that's yes. She has a galaxy tie. Yep, she does. She does. She has some galaxy history, and now she's down with uh, with San Diego, the new San Diego Wave. Um, so that's exciting. The, the the two Southern California women's teams picking up players, doing all that fun stuff. So exciting time there. I have to ask though, how was your how was your cruise? Did you did you enjoy it? It it, it was good, but you really got to pace yourself. There's just too much food and drink and things that you can do there, even without getting off the ship. There's just too much to do, and uh, um, pacing is not my strong suit. Yeah, it's just it's discipline just, is not is does not work. Yeah. Well, you were telling me this is this is one of those. The, this was a Josh Gessman approved cruise, though, right? Yes, there was a a uh, a model train yes. there. They brought out uh, when they put the Christmas decorations out about halfway through the cruise. There was a model train, uh, which I sent you a picture of. You did. And, and then uh, Mrs. Pan and I also played mini golf, which made us think of you as well. Okay, good. I'm glad. And and where where did you go cruising? It was just the Mexican Riviera. We went down. To, the boat went. We didn't necessarily go there. We just went where the boat went. It was hard not to go where the boat went. So uh, the boat went to Puerto Vallarta, to Mazatlan, and Cabo San Lucas. And in Cabo San Lucas, I found uh, outside of a sports bar, there was a sign that said MLS Games shown here, which was surprising. Because most, most I sports, thought, I was going to say most sports, sports bars in in Southern California don't have that sign, right? Yeah, they had it down there. And, and on the cruise, uh, there was a lot of Sky TV. So there was an awful lot of English Premier League soccer. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm, seen? I'm glad that you got away. I would like everybody to know that you and I really we didn't talk, which is unusual for us. Usually, we talk two or three times a day, um, which is yeah. way too much, uh, way too much. But I, I like your panda Christmas sweater as well. For like those that? listening yeah. on the podcast, he actually did find a panda Christmas sweater, which is one of the ugliest sweaters I've ever seen. So, congratulations! That on was that. the intention. By the way, what's that word up in the top corner there? It says live. 
Oh, I thought it said live. That too. That too. Yeah. Live live. That's how we do it. So, um, no, it's, uh, you know, this is this is it for for sort of our holiday show. And, and you know, just in terms of trying to put all this stuff together and do all these fun things. So I hope everybody enjoys it. I hope everybody finds, you know, a, a good way to sort of, you know, relax and 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 enjoy these times off because we're going to have a little bit of of time off for everybody. Well, and well, that's well, good. Speaking of Christmas, pass me some of that eggnog, but also. The galaxy are in already in a gift-giving, you know, mood, having given away uh, uh, Daniel Steris and and, and uh, Sebastian Lejet for I, virtually nothing. I heard that. I heard that. I, I I heard somebody made that joke already, and I was like, I don't know if that's a good joke or if that's a bad joke or or anything else that is sort of doing it. But you know what? It doesn't matter because hopefully I've hit enough right buttons and I've 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 managed to somehow save this already. We're uh, joined on the phone by uh, the one and only Mr. Sasha Kleshin. Sasha, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? We got you. No problem. See, just just had to hit seven or eight different buttons and, and we're able to put you in there. Uh, thanks for coming on to our, our holiday spectacular. I warned you ahead of time. There was no particular reason for that moniker, but we're going with it anyway. Our last show of uh, of 2021, I guess the first thing. Congratulations. Welcome back to the LA Galaxy in uh, in 2022. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited. Uh, we've got some unfinished business and to uh, build off of what we started last year. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you one of the things that that sort of sticks out just at the end of 2021, obviously not making the playoffs, but, you know, it was it was awfully close to getting to the playoffs as well. Is is there a couple different things or is there anything that sort of hits your mind where you sit there and say, you know, if we just can clean up a couple of these little tiny things, we can be a be a much better team? You know, there's a lot of different things in there. The thing that I've uh, gone back to is that it should have never come down to the last game of the season. There's a. There's quite a few games that stick out in my mind that, you know, different moments that, you know, mostly home games where uh, we lost and we should have tied or we tied and, and we should have won. And then if you if you win any one of those games, you're not worried about the last game of the season and having the pressure of having to win a game in order to make the playoffs. So um, I think our, our learning progression as the season went on, um, was good, but the results did not follow. We had a lot of good results in the beginning part of the season. And, you know, as we're getting to know each other and, and hopefully getting better as a team, the results did not follow. And so we had a, a tough stretch there in the second half of the season. I hope that we learn from all those lessons of this year. And that as we go into next year, we become a much harder team to play against and a much better team. Yeah, certainly. Kevin, you, you have a question for Sasha. Go ahead. Yeah, congratulations on the new contract, first of all. Thanks. And can you tell us if that contract is – are you uh, coming back as a player coach? Have you decided yet? I mean, that, that would seem to be something that would both fit into your future plans but but also uh, be a, a real boon to the Galaxy as well. Yeah, as of now, I'm, I'm uh, just a player. Um, you know, I, I got to thank Greg for – you know, even last year, uh, letting me be involved in some discussions with him, you know, and, and watching video with him in the coach's office and stuff like that. But uh, I think that's maybe more for the future. I, I do as much as I can in the locker room to try to be a coach in the locker room, but officially I'm still just a player. It, was it a big enough salary that you would be able to say, I don't know if you wanted like make a no interest loan to a sports writer at some point? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's, a, it's like a bell curve My uh, the money I've made over my career. It's down back at the bottom, but that's okay. I'm still playing and uh, still thankful and happy to be doing this and getting paid to be a soccer player and living my dream for another year. 
I, I was going to say one of the things uh, that, that Kevin sort of touched on there was was one of my big questions that I wanted to ask you, though, which is every time we talk to you after games and, and we're fortunate enough to get to talk to you on a, on a fairly regular basis, um, people are always asking questions and, and they always sort of preface it by starting either with that you're a veteran or they quote your age to you. I wonder if you'd ever mm-hmm. if you ever wanted to, like, jump through the, the camera and, and strangle some of us who, who continue to do that. <laughs> You know, it's uh, it's just comes with the it comes with the territory these days. Um, it's funny because in life, for people that are non-soccer people, when they when when I tell them that I'm the old guy on the team by quite a few years and stuff like that, and you know everything that goes on in 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 soccer and contract situations and playing time and all of that, you know, they're like, oh, but you're still so young in life, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just considered very old in the soccer world, so. Um, yeah, it's funny. It is what it is. I still feel great physically and I still feel like I have a lot left in me. So that's all that really matters to me. You know, Josh mentioned the, uh, the zoom interviews that we've done after games. I I, I know you've been around a while, but do you go back far enough to when we actually talked to you guys in person? Do you remember those days? Yeah, those were the good old days, right? <laughs> it's something I think I think we're all worried that we're never going to get back to that that particular case. I ran into to Sasha at the stadium uh, a couple weeks back and I realized afterwards that was pretty much I think our first face to face that you and I have had since you joined the LA Galaxy. Yeah, I think uh I think I played one home game in 2020, uh you know, the second game of the season that had people in the stadium and I don't know if you guys were there or not. I didn't do any press after the game, but you know that was, I guess, the one opportunity. But yeah, we got to run into each other at the stadium a couple weeks ago. Well, I, I ran into you first at the Ted Lasso event, and of course, I knew who you oh, were. Yeah. And I came up and just started talking to you, and I walked away thinking he has no idea who I am. He's never met me before, but I felt like you were an old friend because I've been talking to you for like two years. Yeah, no, I knew who you were, man. That's uh, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that was a good time that night. Well, I want to I want to take it back, Sasha, if we can, because um, this is actually a, a pretty personal story for me. And I don't know if you've connected the dots on it or not. But uh, if we go back to August of 2014, uh, you're with Anderlicht and there's a lot of rumors that perhaps you're trying to that the L.A. Galaxy are trying to acquire you um, and bring you to Major League Soccer. And so uh, there's a lot of fervor around. Uh, there's rumors that a press conference are going to be launched here in relatively short and some I'm not going to say moron, but let's go with moron. Some moron tweeted out and had a story um, that you were coming to the L.A. Galaxy. And I want to know if you remember who that moron was. Oh, I don't know who tweeted out the story, but uh, yes, it's true. Um, There were definitely some discussions that went very far along. Um, And uh, Bruce Arena seemed to be pretty confident that he would be able to to get me through the allocation order. And so we agreed a contract and and some stuff like that. And uh, it ended up not working out, you know, for, you know, for reasons of the allocation order and the teams in front of uh, in front of the L.A. Galaxy were not just going to let me go. And so ultimately I decided to stay with Anderlecht for about six more months. Yeah. And I, I think you had to go on social media and say, despite that there were reports um, that it, it wasn't going to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll cue you in on who that was. It was me. 
Uh, and, okay. <laughs> and, and, and so, so the funny part about that is that I consider that like one of my biggest sort of learning moments trying to do this. I do this basically as a hobby and, and our listeners know that. Um, but you know, trying to do that and I totally screwed it up and I felt horrible for like a month afterwards, right? Like that I did this and I, even that you had to reply to a tweet. So I always wanted to connect the dots for you. So you, I guess so uh, you could understand it was me who did that. And I know why I was, no. I was wrong now, but now, now, you know. Yeah, no problem, man. These <laughs> things happen in soccer also. I don't hold a grudge against anybody. And these are, you were just doing your job and you had it all right. It's just, uh, I guess Bruce Arena couldn't sort it all out. Oh, we, we heard lots of, uh, lots of rumors about all that, that crazy stuff that sort of, sort of happened. Um, you know, I know Kevin yeah. sort of, sort of talked about uh, a little bit on the, on the coaching side. I know you're working on your coaching licenses and, and just, um, every time we talk to you about that, you seem to really, enjoy that and whether it's working with I guess younger players or even academy kids is 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 there a real love sort of in in trying to teach the game yeah you know there's just this natural feeling for me of coaching um I just feel like when I am done playing that the only way I'll be able to (laughs) find find happiness outside of my family is to stay on the field in some capacity. And so that, that part has led me to wanting to be a coach. Uh, I think just the, the, you know, the, the process of soccer, of trying to create a team, try to create a culture, create a winning team, getting guys to buy in that, that part uh, for me as a player has always been at a really high level. And I think that will just continue on once I'm done playing and being a coach. So I just got back from Orlando a few days ago where I finished up my uh, B license. And so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the future holds for me in that regard, but I'll definitely be on the field. You, you know, I, I really appreciate what you said about, about your age and feeling like in soccer, you know, you need a wheelchair to get on the charter plane, but in life you're like super young. I mean, you're just starting and, and that's gotta be a difficult thing for us, for an, an athlete in any sport, knowing that when you are, supposedly quote unquote too old to play your sport you've still got you know 40 or 50 years of life that you know that that is ahead of you you're still a very young guy and i'm wondering too with um you've got about six weeks now i think without a game is this and i know at the end of the season every player you've got wounds to lick you want to sleep in you're tired you want to you know reunite with your family where are you now on that continuum? Are you ready to get back at it? Are you looking forward to maybe vacation now that the kids are out of school for winter break and, and maybe you're still a couple of weeks away from ramping it up? Where are, are you in that off-season progression? Uh, you know, we actually took our vacation about two weeks ago. We went to New York City for, for about a week and then, and then uh, the family popped down to Orlando with me for a few days too to see some old friends from the time we lived there. Uh, and then I had to stick around in Orlando for a week to finish that coaching course. So uh, I'm back to work now officially this morning. I, I was uh, I woke up early and went running and then, you know, did like a high intensity workout in the backyard with my wife. So I'm, I'm back on it. I'm, I'm getting ready. I wish training camp was starting like right now. I, I hate the off season. I'm, I'm just like, I like having a schedule. I like having like, uh, you know, routine of waking up in the morning, getting ready, going to training, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I do enjoy spending time with my family. This has also been really nice. Uh, you know, the silver lining of it, they're out of school now. I get to hang out with them. They are working out with me in the backyard. We went to the playground today. They end up playing at the playground for like five minutes and then they're like, all right, let's play soccer. So I get to train with them a little bit <laughs> and kick the ball around and, and they kick me in the shin. So it's good. 
you know, this is a high class show, so we're not even going to pick up on that high intensity workout with the wife in the backyard. We're just going to let that go. <laughs> but I do want to ask you, since you lived in Orlando, are you a Publix uh, deli guy? Uh, I was when I lived there. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. He's still. I, when I, I, always, don't, I always, I always take Tupperware to Florida with me when I go there on trips and bring a bunch of sandwiches back. Don't. I haven't, <laughs> nice. I haven't kicked that habit yet. Don't. Don't try to turn him into an Orlando guy. He's. He was a Huntington Beach guy. He's in Orange County. He's more my neck of the woods. All right. Don't. Don't yeah. try to try to turn him over on that. Sasha, uh, one thing I do want to ask you coming up on the uh, on the twenty two season. Um. Obviously. You're, you're looking, Jonathan Dos Santos departs, Sebastian Legette departs. There's there's some big holes that need to be filled on the Galaxy, and obviously I imagine Greg and, and the rest of the coaching staff and the technical staff are working to fill that. But, um, you know, what what does this team really, you know, what what does it need to do in, in 2022 whenever you look at the guys who have left? And, you know, who needs to step up on this team in order to sort of try to fill some of those personality holes, if not just, you know, the, the, the minutes uh, that those guys left behind? Yeah, I think we still have some very good leadership uh, in the group uh, amongst the the older and more experienced guys. So I think we'll all be continued to be depended upon for for that type of role. Uh, uh, the, the, the the thing that I think about the most is the the four guys that came from France and how they've had one year to acclimate to everything that goes on with Major League Soccer and living in the States and, and all that. And that hopefully in their second season, they take a real big step forward because they're all key players for us. So that's, you know, Kevin and Sam and Sega and, and Ryan. Um, I'm sure they'll add in some, some new guys. But then when I think about just the other guy, you know, Bondi in the back, his second year in MLS, Derek Williams, you know, these will all be key players for us moving forward. And I think they'll all just be one step better having played a full season in MLS already and, and gotten, used to all the nuances and, and intricacies of our league that are difficult to deal with as a foreigner. So I think those guys will all be key next season into pushing us as far as we possibly can go. Perfect. Well, Sasha, we want to thank you for stopping by. I know you're busy. I know it's the holiday season and taking you away from the family tonight. So uh, hopefully you in, enjoy a little bit more time off or don't enjoy it and, and really, uh, you know, sort of anguish about getting back to training camp as fast as possible. That works too. Um, but yeah. we, we appreciate you stopping by and certainly we'll be talking to you uh, during the season. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. All right. There we go. Mr. Sasha Kleshin heading out on his way. Uh, Sasha was very nice to us, Kevin, in the fact that I know he's a busy guy. Um, and so it, I've been trying to work on, on getting Sasha on the podcast for the almost the entire season. So we got well, it. He's a neighbor of your parents. So. I mean, he, he, he's, he's close enough. Let's put it that way. He lives in Orange well, County. All right. That's how it goes. Well, yeah, well, you're all neighbors in Orange County. That's He's a neighbor right. of you, in a sense. But one thing about Sasha is um, we've talked about this a lot. I don't know if we ever mentioned it on the pod. Whenever we would do those Zoom uh, podcasts, you know, Jonathan DeSantos would have a little bit of fun with us, and Sebastian Legette was great, and, and Chicharito. But but Sasha would always end it with, thanks a lot, guys. And, and at the last press conference of last year, last Zoom call, he spent some time thanking us for covering the team, um, which, you know uh, – Generally, guys come to those Zoom con uh, conferences grudgingly. They don't really want to share their thoughts with us, or it's just, you know, they'd rather get on the bus and get out of there. But uh, I think, I don't know that he necessarily enjoyed it, but I think he respected our job and, and what we're trying to do and, and appreciated the support. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, I, I know everybody, and that's why I sort of wanted to get on it. And and listen, you and I have talked so much to Sasha over the years. You know, it's over this, the, especially this last year. It's it's always difficult to sort of you know try new angles to come at things. And so it was one of the questions. You know, everybody says, "Oh, well, you're a veteran on this team. Oh, well, you're 36." <coughs> you know, and I'm like, "Does he's going to come through the camera and strength?" I know he said he didn't want to, but I imagine on occasion you have a bad game, and then somebody calls you old um, in the question. I would imagine that that makes you you know want to slap some people. If not, he's a much better man than I am because uh, I'm three years older than him. And if somebody started prefaced it by saying, you know, hey, uh, you're old. So what are you doing talking here? Um, but he's such an important part of this. And and I don't know that everybody gets that all the time. I don't know. If, you know, we we see a little bit more behind the doors. We talk to players. We hear who they talk to. We hear about who they admire and, and one of those things. And you go through all of that. And you realize that Sasha Kleshin is a, is a really important and integral part to the locker room. And if Greg Vanny is trying to, um, you know, implement this new culture within it, that Sasha plays a huge, important part of that because um, he knows what it takes to win. I mean, if you go back and look at his Anderlich teams, they finished first a lot whenever he was on that team. He knows how to play. He knows how to win. New York Red Bulls, he was very good with, um, you know, Orlando. He played well in, with his time in Orlando. And the guy played in 31 games last season. Kevin, there are only 34 games total. Yeah, Sasha played he- in 31 of them. And he was a, he came off the bench more than anybody else on the team. By the way, I do not get insulted when people call me old. You know why? Why? Because I am old. I was going to say I mean, look, it's I look accurate. Like Mr. Fredrickson here. Um, uh, by the way, be, I think mainly because we are such penetrating interviewers, we didn't pick up on the fact that he said there's a lot of older players, you know, that are going to or veteran players are going to help with leadership. I can only think of one other guy that's over 30. It's Chicharito, who who is a leader, but. We never asked whether that meant Victor Vasquez is close to coming back. He would be the other guy that I would identify in that group. You know, there is uh, there's an Instagram post. Uh, he it wasn't his post. It was somebody else. I think it was Jonathan Klinsman's post. And Victor Vasquez, they were Jonathan Klinsman says, can't wait to be back for 2022. And Victor Vasquez wrote underneath it something to the effect of I'll see you there. Right. So and I've asked the galaxy about that and I didn't get a you know, basically listen, all the decisions are being made in a small padded room as far as I can tell right now. Um, and so occasionally uh, the sound, cre- you know, creeps away from that and we get little tidbits here and there that we're able to share. Um, but it, it's you know, it's it's very concealed right now. I would imagine um, just from that, that there's a good chance that Victor Vasquez comes back. You talked about Chicharito, certainly that guys. And then you're going to have guys and it's funny, we talk about veteran guys, Kevin. How about veteran guys like the guys, the longest tenured players on the LA Galaxy right now? Who, who are those players? Julian Araujo and Efrain Alvarez. See? And, and by the way, when they got rid of Dos Santos, Steris, and, and, and Legette, they picked up about $3.4, $3.3 million in salary. A little more than that, I think. But um, they also lost 401 games of experience in a Galaxy uniform. Um, and no one on the Galaxy now has played in a playoff game in a Galaxy uniform. Right. So that kind of leadership and experience is gone. You talk about adding players. There's two guys I want to update before we forget. Jonathan Dos Santos is, a, is apparently very close to signing with Club America, which is where his brother Giovanni went when he left the Galaxy. So that makes sense. We know that we saw the pictures at the airport. Uh, we know that he left L.A. He looked like he had his whole house packed there. There's a lot of suitcases for one guy. It wasn't an overnight trip. Right. Um, so I heard he's about to sign with Club America and will be uh, ready to play for them when the new season starts after Christmas. Another guy that we talked about um, is is Christian Pavone. By the way, Christian Pavone, if he were to come back, and, and there's talk about that, he would be the only player to on the Galaxy that played for the team in a playoff game. 
He played 33 games over two years. Um, I believe it's 33. Anyway, the two weeks ago, I talked to Galaxy about that and said, you know, gee, with the legal problems he's having down there in Argentina, are you guys really serious? And they said, yes, we are in on this. We are. He is a guy we are talking about. Nothing is close yet, but he's a guy we're very interested in. I revisited that topic again with the Galaxy today. Um, and the message I got was much less optimistic and much less. Uh, I'm just trying to read between lines now. Right. The words are almost the same, but the way that the 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 message was delivered to me, they said still discussing, but it's among other options. Yes, nothing is concrete. So, I don't know that they soured on Pavone. You have some information about a lot of other teams apparently in on him now. Yeah, I mean, I was told specifically that yes, Christian Pavone is available. Yes, the Galaxy were interested, and this was at the beginning of it. And I've shared this information before, but that they were that there would be multiple teams. He wouldn't be cheap, and it would be a difficult negotiation. So all those things, whenever you put those together, you know, are, are all little pitfalls that could make that go sideways or make it more difficult. And we all know that Boca is not easy to deal with. We know that Boca is looking to cash in on Christian. Pavone now because if he goes to the end of the season he will go away for free and Boca will get nothing so this is the time for them to sell but you know where everybody thought that the Galaxy were in a pole position I will tell you that this person certainly didn't seem to indicate oh yeah this is going to be one of those things that happens it's just that there was real interest they would like it if they could but that it's not a lock and it can't be a lock right and so um, there's a lot of things. There was uh, rumors in Spain that uh, that perhaps he would go t- uh, to a team in Spain. Um, those have continued to sort of stick around and do some things. And and so, you know, we're, we're sort of watching that. Although everything has gotten quieter, we expect this week things get quieter. Plus with COVID news and cancellations and things that are sort of moving around, the sports world's a little bit in an upheaval right now again. And so you're trying to, you know, see all these negotiations that happen while everything else is going on. So um, all, all interesting things. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this was a lock and I don't think it was easy and I don't think it's going to be cheap. So all those, well, things. The, the transfer window in Europe opens in a couple of weeks. I think things will pick up a little bit there, but another interesting thing is I think when the galaxy let it be known or, or when it got out that the galaxy were interested, the legal problems were the big, the big issue. It's like, yeah, he's a great player. I, you know, I love the pairing him and Chicharito, but if that legal case, uh, the alleged rape case is still hanging over his head, it's a that's a showstopper it's not going to happen the fact that other clubs are interested if it's a showstopper for the galaxy it's a showstopper for real sociedad for arsenal for juventus for whomever so the fact that a number of teams have jumped in kind of suggests to me that this that the court thing is is near a resolution or people just got tired of paying attention to it and it's just getting swept under the rug type of thing i mean you know and it's it's just it's one of these situations i i said that unless that and this was sort of i didn't i didn't tell you this but this was the 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 policy of this podcast will be that unless there's something that changes in the case uh, then there's not really much to decide because we have no idea. Um, and we keep trying to do it from arm's distance to try to figure it out. So, um, yeah, we'll see if you'll see if anything happens. But, you know, again, I'm not I'm not sitting here with, you know, bated breath trying to figure out whether or not the Galaxy are going to for sure go after Christian Pavone. I think that they probably have. Listen, the theme so far and the rumor trackers, if you go on corner pretty much holds for right now. And I've lo- I've seen some other rumors. I'm just not that interested in any of them in terms of reality. Um, but defensive midfielders and wingers, that seems to be the focus. And you can say whatever you want, but defensive midfielders and wingers keep popping up over and over again. You look at Christian Pavone or, or, or Tyler Boyd um, or Paul Areola, all wingers, right? And then there were some other defensive midfielders that were in there as well. Um, and we've had many discussions about Ryan Revelison and whether or not he's a six or whether he's an eight. And so you look through all these different things and try to figure this stuff out. But 
Christian Pavone is a winger. We know that wingers have been targeted before. And you, we, you said, you know, among other options, there's clearly other options around there. Um, so it's one of those things to sort of look at. I haven't got to talk to you, though, about the Sebastian Legette trade. Um, yes. And I came out saying that I thought it was cheap. Um, especially in guaranteed money. But, and I will say this again, just this year, Kevin, the only amount of money the LA Galaxy will get to use this year is $300,000. Right, 200000 next year. That's Correct. guaranteed. That's guaranteed. 500000 It's all allocation money. They can get as much as I believe it's $1.3 if Sebastian Legette hit certain performance goals, which I, I would gather um, they're relatively easy. It's it's not like he has to lead the league in goals or something. We don't know what they are, but, but just, you know, from experience and, and seeing these trades, the guy who really got, uh, got given away for free was Sosteris. They, they exchanged him for, with Houston, a third round draft pick. The galaxy didn't even use their third round draft pick last year. So right. essentially they just got rid of Sterro's contract. But the interesting thing with legit two things, I think, and, and I agree, I think even if it's 1.5 or 1.3, it's cheap. Because he's a national team midfielder. I think his best days are ahead of him. Bruce Arena knows him. Bruce Arena likes him. Bruce Arena brought him to the league. He had his most successful season under Bruce Arena. I think he's going to have a terrific season, which is why I think he's going to make whatever those performance goals are. But I, I don't see a national team player on this current Galaxy roster, a U.S. national team right. player. We have Efrain and Araujo. Araujo especially is going to play for Mexico. He was amazing in his first game. There are some other guys. Uh, you know, uh, Ravellison will play for Madagascar. There's some other guys that may get called up. I don't see a U.S. national team player on that roster. And if they don't trade for one, this will be the first time this year, it'll be the first time in Galaxy history that they don't have a current national team player on their roster. Now they have national team players collection played for them for the national team. But I mean a guy who plays for the team during that calendar season. Yeah. It's not a, it's be the first time ever. It's, it's, it's an interesting little, you know, I, like nugget. I'll also say that it, it is not, and has not been MLS's main goal to develop players for the national team, even though people pretend that that's what happens. Um, I, I haven't seen that. They, they may do it on accident, but they're not doing it on purpose and that's fine. I don't expect that league to do that, but, um, just a lot of interesting things sort of to, to take a look at in, in what is happening with the veterans and then with the holes opening up. I have right now, as we sit, Kevin, I have 22 players on the roster. Now, one of those players is Giancarlo Gonzalez. So we can pretty much say there's 21 players on that roster. And then I have seven names um, that could possibly play down at Galaxy 2 as well. So if you take seven and eight, you basically take that all away. What about 14, 16, 16 players that the LA Galaxy currently have that are absolutely first team players? And then there's a bunch of different ones like uh, Johnny Perez, Cameron Dunbar, Jalen Neal, Marcus Fracranis, Adam Saldana, Carlos Harvey, who we're going to talk about here in a second, and uh, Daniel Aguirre, right? I mean, those are guys who probably could spend down time with G2, could probably spend time up with LA Galaxy and sort of depending on what the um, what the movement is between those two teams and sort of how they construct the rest of the sp- roster. So if you're at 16 players, then you basically can replace half the squad with 30 players total on the roster. The Galaxy ended up having 34 total players on the roster last year by loaning some guys out, loaning guys down to G2, doing some other things that they were able to do in order to acquire everybody. Um, so it's just, there's a lot uh, you know, I, I think we were sitting here at one point saying, oh, there's about 10 players whenever you look at this roster about, you know, how much movement there could be. But really, Kevin, you could see almost as many players come in this year as there were last year. I'm still expecting well, around 10 or 12, but that's, that's well, where you're at. Last year, my count was 18, and that count changes depending on how you rank as well. My count was 18, and nine players from that team 
appear not to be coming back this season. Vasquez could could make that number change. But so 18 last year, nine this year. When Bruce Arena came in and he inherited that 2008 team, it was horrible. And he made over two dozen uh, transactions that offseason, got rid of about two dozen players, something like that, um, and brought in the new squad. Um, Greg Vanny's kind of doing the same thing. He's rebuilding the team in his image. He's bringing the team in that he wants. Um, but Bruce Arena kept two real important pieces to that puzzle in Landon Donovan and, and David Beckham. I, you know, yes, Chicharito's important, and there are some important players, but I don't see that kind of cornerstone player to build around, which I think is complicating Greg Vanny's mission in a little bit, and that he does have to start anew. And Sebastian Legette, I think, was a victim of that. We know that the Galaxy for decided months ago that they were going to get rid of Sebastian Legette. It was just a matter of how and where he would go. That, to me, is a little bit of a failure of Greg Vanny not being able to find a place for him. Greg Berhalter had said, Sebastian Legette is a guy that kind of grows on you, and you find out where to use him. I don't know how much effort Greg Vanny put into that. It just seemed like he never had a position for Sebastian Legette, and he was an add-on, and and at some point he just decided to get rid of him. Um, but but certainly this this is a massive rebuild. This is not something that Greg Vanny thinks that he was going to finish last season or that he's going to even finish this season. I think it's going to go on for a while. Yeah, it, it feels like it. And again, a lot of things can can sort of change and kind of go in different directions. So uh, it's one of those things. I said I was going to mention Carlos Harvey. I want to get to um, this news. And at least there's a good rumor out there. I reached out to the Galaxy to try to confirm this and wasn't able to. But I will tell you that um, it's at least something to watch. But the rumor is that Carlos Harvey has received his green card. Uh, 21-year-old midfielder spent most of the year loaned down to Galaxy 2. And by the way, the main reason he was loaned down to Galaxy 2 was because he took up an international slot. And the Galaxy needed that international slot. So if Carlos Harvey is able to come back to this roster with a green card, which I have complained now for years that the Galaxy haven't utilized enough, right? Um, then I would say that uh, if he does that, then that was probably one of the smartest career moves he ever made just in terms of his uh, his his value to teams in MLS and not just the LA Galaxy, but other teams in Major League Soccer. Uh, he's a guy who was right on the cusp and played some games early in the season, Kevin, for, for the LA Galaxy. Seemed to have some good moments in there, maybe a little more of a defensive midfielder than uh, than it was uh, an attacking midfielder, but had to have some good moments, some, some learning moments there as well. He wasn't quite up to speed on some of the speed in Major League Soccer, but if he was able to do that, then the LA Galaxy would be sitting right now with seven internationals total, right? One spot being opened by Carlos Harvey, and one spot uh, that is still being held by people Gonzalez. And if he gets loaned out, then the LA Galaxy would have six, which would allow them to bring in two international players um, without having to go out and buy any more international slots. Now, well, uh, yeah. and, and let's think too, we talked about they got rid of three and a half million dollars in salary with, with Jonah and Sebastian and, and Daniel Starris. So they got three and a half million dollars plus the TAM money, 200,000. Plus they have one DP spot open now. Um, they have Greg Vanny. We talked about him needing to rebuild. He has an awful lot of resources to work with. Chris Klein had told me at the start of the, uh, the uh, offseason that they they were going to make some moves, but he thought they really had one or two positions that they were focusing on. Um, they have a, enough room now to bring in at least one or two you know, really elite players, I think, you know, game-changing type players. And then, at, you know, the additional money and resources and, you know, international slots to fill in around them. And by the way, before we get away from the Carlos Harvey green card, I don't know what the parameters for that green card is. I don't know whether it's tied to his MLS career or whether it's a green card like my next door neighbor might get. Um, but, you know, it, it th think about that. We talked about Sasha Kleschen, you know, being old at, you know, whatever he is, mid-30s. 
But Carlos Harvey's a young guy. He now can live and work in the United States. Theoretically, if the green card is a green card, you know, for the rest of his life, that's something he got through soccer. That's that's a pretty incredible thing to get to. You talk about how it helps the galaxy. It helps the Harvey family it, a lot too. That's what that's what I mean. He, his value increases so much just within Major League Soccer because now he's a domestic player. Doesn't count. So you know, each team. But, but in life, in life, in life, can, it helps. Yes, he can be a used car salesman or something. You know, I mean, not that you know. I'm sure he wants to go back to Panama. But if he decided he wanted to stay, like, we see that so often with a lot of baseball players that come here from from developing countries and decide, you know what, I, I can support my family better from here by sending money down. And now Carlos Harvey, if he does have that green card, may have the ability to do that as well. It, it, it's an exciting development, one, because I think he was right on the fringe of being a player who could put in some minutes and, and wasn't going to get that chance because of that. Uh, remember, each team is limited to eight international slots. Um, and those eight international slots um, are, are given to each team, and then those can be traded within the, in the clubs, but it's still eight times 28 teams, right? That's it. That's as many international slots as is available across the entire league. So there is you know, a very small amount, and usually those international slots are used on starting players. Usually they, they end up in the starting lineup, which is why you see a large uh, portion of international players starting for MLS teams because they're so valuable in those things. That's a big, if it's true, which it seems to it seems to be headed that way. Um, and as soon as I get confirmation, I can tell you for sure it's true. But that's big for Carlos Harvey. It's big for the well, Galaxy getting him to play too. Another thing is, you know, the green card frees you up from needing a a visa to come in. It, it, it's a special visa that you need as a as a performer. You know, um, I, I believe baseball players, football players, soccer players, entertainers, they all sort of in the same category. And there's a limited since nine eleven. There's been a limited number of those. Uh, type of visas that are given out. Sometimes they can be very hard to get by getting a green card. I believe I don't, I'm not an expert in immigration law, obviously, but I believe that also clears that hurdle, which makes it much easier for him to get in and out of the country. If he has to go for international duty and those kind of things. Yeah. It's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch again. I'm kind of high on Carlos Harvey. I think he could be a, a very good MLS player uh, right now. Let's talk to a little bit more um, LA galaxy two news. It's something that we originally broke um, on. I think it was probably on Twitter. Maybe we talked about it on the show first, but however it was, but um, that LA galaxy two head coach, junior Gonzalez officially leaves the LA galaxy. Uh, he took a job with Chicago fire. Um, and so he will be now with that organization. Uh, this was a guy who came in in 2019 and was named the interim head coach for LA Galaxy 2. Uh, that's whenever uh, Dennis DeClosa came in and and cleaned a little house there with Mike Munoz going off, which is funny because now we've talked about Mike Munoz coming back um, in in a, a an ad, advisory role, um, an overseeing role for Academy and Galaxy 2 and all those uh, things that are there. So you had Junior Gonzalez uh, who got the, his USL team as the interim uh, manager and then as well as, as the permanent head coach for LA Galaxy 2 into two uh, USL championship playoffs. Um, you know, did a lot of uh, good stuff. I think when you look at some of the players who have come out of there, uh, Junior was, was highly um, thought of within the organization for that. Um, but we've gone back and, and talked about this, Kevin. You had Juan Carlos Ortega who left. Um, and he went back to Mexico to take, I think it was Tigres, um, to take a job with Tigres there. Uh, you have Junior Gonzalez leaving. Uh, he's now gone with Chicago Fire. Uh, and then you had Dennis DeClosa. So Dennis DeClosa, whose job it was to sort of, you know, keep keep a, keep his mind on LA Galaxy 2 and on the academy as well as the senior team and oversee all of those things. He lost his academy director um, before the season. Then Dennis left. And now Juan Carlos Ortega left. That's huge changes to an academy system that seemed to have been stabilized under Dennis DeClosa. Uh, which we've talked about right. a lot. Right. And Dennis came in here with that experience in, in youth development, you know, both in Mexico with Chivas and other teams with the Mexican national team program I was in charge of the youth teams for a while. 
um, brought in some people that he trusted, tried to you know clean things up after the Yulianes incident and and tried to make things better there, show up that there was a possibility of a pathway to the first team. I thought he made some real inroads. I mean, I thought he had some good ideas and now everything that he tried to implement is gone. And I think that shows why Dennis left. He was frustrated that the organization was not, I mean, this proves to me the organization did not buy into his ideas because he's not even out the door yet. And, and they're already bringing their old, old guys back. I would say a hundred percent that I agree with you. If I could play devil's advocate as well, all of them, all of them left of their own accord, right? And that's what that's officially what it shows. Juan Carlos Ortega went to go play with Tigres, right? Or went to go coach with Tigres. Uh, you know, have Junior Gonzalez who goes to Chicago Fire, right? Dennis DeClosa had his contract option picked up and then he decided not to return and the Galaxy honored that and let him go. So, I mean, there's a multiple ways to sort of look at this. I tend to agree with your first way, uh, which is that um, I don't think Dennis wanted to come back and I don't think it's a coincidence that Ortega left and that Junior Gonzalez left. That's, those are yeah. those are my opinions. Well, I, and, and that's why I think Dennis left too. Again, he was frustrated. He wanted to, in, 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 you know, enact these uh, these changes and he wanted to, he had a vision and the Galaxy just not did not, let, whether the vision would have worked or not, we don't know. Um, but the vision that he had, he was not able to uh, to enact uh, it's, it, it, the way he wanted to. And it's interesting that the galaxy then go and bring back the people that had left under Dennis. It's like, it's back to the future. They're returning to, right. we're sur- returning to 2017. Colonel Noffel could arrive at any moment. <laughs> Pete Vianis back in the front office. Yeah. Uh, Pete Vianis is in town uh, working with the galaxy. There you go. So um, it has, uh, this is uh, junior Gonzalez from his press release. It says uh, it has been an honor to work for the Ga- LA galaxy organization as a product of the local LA soccer community. I will be forever grateful to have the experience to aid in the development process of these young professionals. I wish the club the organization success as I, as I depart for a new role in Chicago. Uh, then there was the quote from the LA Galaxy. We're thankful for Junior's contributions to the Galaxy, to the LA Galaxy and LA Galaxy 2 family over the years. Uh, and this is from uh, Greg Vanny. We are proud that he is taking this step forward and reuniting with former Galaxy player Ezra Hendrickson in Chicago as he moves on to the next chapter in his coaching career. We are grateful for his time with our club and we wish him the best moving forward. It's interesting that Greg Vanny is quoted as the guy who's giving the quote because usually you hear hear that from quote unquote the general manager of the or the or the team president but it's greg vanny which in my mind tells me that greg vanny is also going to be in charge of uh finding his replacement at galaxy 2 now we know that vanny reached out to toronto and got mike munoz back and munoz is going to be um sort of that guy who overlooks the la galaxy academy and galaxy 2 and so i imagine munoz and vanny are going to be picking the g2 coach that is going to replace junior gonzalez as well we're trying to figure out the hierarchy being that they haven't told us what that hierarchy is um, this quote tells me that Greg Vanny is among the top in those technical decisions on players and coaches. Um, and I think that Mike Munoz is going to be involved in this as well. Do you ever wonder why when a guy leaves like that, and I don't know whether Junior Gonzalez had a bad relationship or a good relationship, but he, but he did have to move on for whatever reason. But do you ever wonder why people don't like in their goodbye press or press release don't say like screw you guys i hope you burn in hell (laughs) um because you know i know a lot of guys feel that way when they leave um and and i I remember talking when i when i was a baseball writer talking to when i covered the marlins there was a a pitching coach who left under really bad circumstances and he just blasted the team privately to a lot of reporters a couple years later he's back and he's talking about how great the team is and i said what happened to that two years ago and he said you know what there's only 30 teams um, if I want a job in Major League Baseball, there are only 30 people I can go to, and I've got I've got to 
to keep my relationships with those people. That's what, you know, Junior Gonzalez could be back here in a heartbeat if things change. Yeah. So you you can't just always say what you believe. By the way, Cameron uh, in our chat room says that, uh, that they'll definitely be uh, LA Galaxy 2 coach. Um, uh, the the theory is just score more goals than your opponent. That's my philosophy. That's a Bruce Arena philosophy. You, sir, are on your way to winning an MLS Cup if you continue that. That's right. So uh, LA Galaxy 2 announced their roster decisions. I won't go through all of them. You can go on the LA Galaxy website if you really want to take a look at it. Um, I would just like to point out that currently there are 11 players on LA Galaxy 2. So they made all the roster. Enough. That's, That's <laughs> enough. They have enough to start. Um, although they only have two defenders currently on that on that roster. Now they play a 2-5-3. Hey, they could they could definitely make it happen. Um, there, are, as I said, there are seven players who are on the Galaxy roster who could fill in back there. So if you add seven, which by the way, not all seven of them are certainly going to go, but then you would have eighteen, um, which is a respectable enough you know uh, start uh, a game day roster whenever you get there. But just to understand that Galaxy Two seems to be going through a renaissance of of sorts, or certainly a rebuild of sorts um, in terms of having to find new players and new talent. And I would imagine that academy talent changes a lot, anyways, just because. You have guys who come in, you have guys you're hoping that will work out and you're going to find out that they don't. And then it's probably time to cut ties and sort of move away. Um, so, you know, this is there's a lot of people who who aren't coming back to L.A. Galaxy 2, though. Do you know what the minimum number of players you need for a game? Is it nine? Is? No, um, the, the EPL helped us with this. They had a Zoom call today with all representative of all 20 teams. You know, they had six of the 10 games over the weekend canceled because of COVID. Right. Teams, not enough players to play. And so they came up with a rule today saying that if a team has one goalkeeper and 13 outfield players, they have to play the game. And if they don't have one goalkeeper and 13 outfield players, then anybody on the U21 team who has ever played has any first division, first team minutes, they need to be promoted to get that number up to 13. Ooh. So that's the answer. One goalkeeper, 13 outfield players, that's the minimum. Ooh, interesting. All right. Well, um, hopefully, I, I, you, know, you know, so often MLS schedule is bashed just because it is not as part of the other world. And I would say that whenever you have a global pandemic that tends to attack in the wintertime in the coldest of months, that avoiding as much of the wintertime as you can with that is probably the smartest move. Uh, MLS well, is making so I I just think the schedule for the one time this 26 years will be the 27th season next year with the World Cup being in November MLS is the place to be this is I I just think that you at the MLS players for whatever team they're on are going to hit the World Cup that's, that's now they may not be good enough to make a difference against England and Germany and and the Netherlands and wherever but um they're going to be in shape they're going to be fit well, well, Kevin, there's there's a couple things that I want to close on before we we sort of as we start to move towards the end of the show and certainly the end of uh, 2021 for the podcast and all sorts of things. Uh, the first one is this, uh, and this is big news. If you are an LA Galaxy fan, um, especially if you are Armenian, you already know how much the LA Galaxy mean to you. But uh, Bookie.com, Bookies.com did a popularity contest of the most popular U.S. team in given countries. Right, as for for instance in the Asia continent here. They have Afghanistan um, and the team is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the franchise obviously is the NFL. Well, Armenia has decided to throw a wrench into bookies.com and their whole thing because Arme Armenia says that their favorite U.S.-based team is the LA Galaxy, the only MLS team named in any of these lists and they did it by continent and did a whole bunch of things. But Armenia, LA Galaxy, MLS, I, I mean, you know, uh, there's a there's a little story about uh, the fastest hat trick in in MLS history, um, and uh, I think what was that? We we said it was 23 years ago, Kevin. Was that it? 
Yeah, well, it was in 1998. He's from Yerevan, by the way, which is the capital of Armenia. Yeah. He scored three goals against in an 8-1 to win over Dallas Burn. Um, that season for the Galaxy, he started three games and had four goals. So three of them came in that game. H- Harut Karuptian, and I never say it right, and people yell at me all the time, and it doesn't matter. Uh, also, Aleko Eskadarian, by the way, we should say as well, also Armenian, also sort of keeping that, that going. But 23 years later, the Armenian's still in love with the LA Galaxy. I thought that was a great thing. I mean, you go through here and look at all the bandwagon jumping that is the Golden State Warriors and the NBA, the Dallas Cowboys and Jordan. Uh, Kazakhstan is the Chicago Bulls. They're, they're big on the Chicago Bulls. Uh, South Korea, by the way, loves the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin, I didn't know if you knew that, but they're there. Well, the that's just because he's up Troy or not. He's up Troy. Who's the, the Dodger pitcher, the left-hander that went there? Ryu. Yeah. Ryu is pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays this year. But I, I just thought that it was, uh, it was a, a lot of fun. So well, who's Japan's favorite athlete? It's gotta be, it's gotta be the angels or favorite team. It's gotta be the angels, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, uh, let's see, is Japan on here? Is Japan, Japan, Washington nationals threw the, oh. threw a wrench into that idea. Didn't you? Yeah. Wow. Right. That's hey, a surprise. I want to get to some things too. Uh, Marty a while ago gave us a $5 super shot says happy holidays. Thanks for another kick, kick butt year of shows. I cleaned it up for the, for the G audience. Um, so we appreciate that, Marty. Thank you so much. Uh, Logan says, do you guys think that people are leaving because of Klein? That's a $5 super chat. Do you think people are leaving because of Chris Klein? Um, somewhat. I will I will say that whenever you... You I, mean that, like the coaches and front office people? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think they are. I think, I, because I think they're not being allowed to implement their ideas. I absolutely think the front office is 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 creating a difficult place to work. And and this is not just this year, by the way. We and I think we've been no. we've been saying this for a while. This is not, nothing G, new. GMs and 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 managers, on field managers, we've been through. And players, you can't tell me that every player they bring in is just bad, right? I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of things that you look through and try to figure out why things didn't work. And you know, there's they, they have an organization problem now. Craig and Greg Vanny overcome all that very well could, right? And he could be the reason that the LA Galaxy have a ton of success. But it's going to take a really strong personality. Uh, the last person to have a really strong personality in the organization was Bruce Arena. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's the the hole well, that hasn't been filled since. Here's my theory. And it's just a theory. But I, it, I've talked to other people and they, they, they think there's some validity to it. When Bruce Arena was here, he's, I mean, you know, we love Bruce and, and I know other people don't. But I, I just think Bruce is the best general manager, manager MLS has ever produced. And he was successful, very successful with the Galaxy, taking over a terrible team that Chris Klein played for, by the way, Pete Vianis played for. Bruce Arena comes in, turns it around, and gets this title of miracle worker. Well, he kind of was. Um, and so when Bruce left, I do think, you know, Pete Vianis was here, Chris Klein was here, Yovan was here, guys that played for Bruce uh, or played for those bad teams for Bruce. I think they all wanted to say, look, it wasn't just Bruce. You know, it's the Galaxy. If we have the tools, we can do this. And I think their goal that first season especially was to show that it wasn't Bruce, it was the Galaxy. And they failed miserably. Um, And ever since then, I think part of their idea was to show that they could win without Bruce. And they haven't done that yet. And I do think now that Greg Vanny's here, um, I I think that they should learn from the experience and just say, Bruce was a miracle worker. We let him do his thing. Greg, you have had success in Toronto. You turned around a bad team. We're going to let you do whatever you want. I think that's the best thing to do is just get out of the way. And I don't know that they've done that yet, but I do think there was this chip on their shoulder that they wanted to prove that they could do what Bruce did 
very few people have ever done what Bruce did. I, I think it's kind of a fool's bet to try to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those, hey, you know, it's not all Bruce. And then, you know, really what we've confirmed so far is that it's all Bruce. It pretty Bruce. much is, yeah. <laughs> you know, he goes to New England and does what he does there as well. So um, just it's interesting times. Like I said, I think Greg Vanny is going to get a lot of support, certainly to start. But here's the thing is. Um, I don't know that that support goes very far if through the first half of the season, the LA Galaxy struggle to find any sort of form. We assume, and I think it's a good assumption, I think that in general, things should work this way. We assume that in Greg Vanny's second season, with a core of players that played in 2021, um, with a starting group that will be changed, but not largely changed, right? Two or three different people sort of being placed in different spots, that type of thing. But for the most part, everybody understands what Greg Vanny expects and how it goes, that the LA Galaxy get better just because because they have that time in the system and they have that time around each other. Sasha Gleshen mentioned it. The four guys who come on, um, the four French guys who, you know, who all speak French. And now they're a year uh, further into being comfortable in the United States and understanding the language a little bit better and understanding what it means to play for the LA Galaxy and in Major League Soccer. Those things should breed experience in the LA Galaxy just by the fact that they're coming back in the same system with the same coach with a lot of the same players should be better. That doesn't always happen. <laughs> There's another uh, couple of people that have some skin in this game too, right? Chris Klein's contract is up, right? And after 2022, and Dan Beckerman, both both in in contract years. So I mean, you know, it, I, I doubt either of them get another GM or another head coach and, and still get to stay. But I mean, having said that, I don't know how it goes. Personally, I expect that the LA Galaxy are good enough that that's not the argument. Um, that's not the argument, at least for 2022, that Greg Vanny is able to figure it out and is able to implement his plan in the way that he wants to play with his players. Um, and that the LA Galaxy are a, you know, top four or five team in the Western Conference. Uh, they're actually not that far removed from that right now, even if you look at how they finished, um, just points wise and everything else. Um, but clearly there's a gap between the Seattle's and the sporting Kansas cities and the Colorado's and the LA Galaxy. Um, and I think we saw that gap. It's funny that none of those teams made it to the Western Conference Championship or uh, to play an MLS Cup. But, you know, it's one of those things you look at and say, that's where the improvement has to be um, for the Galaxy is to be in that upper echelon. And is there enough time and enough players in order to move to that upper echelon? And that's why Victor Vasquez needs to come back. And that's why Sasha Kleschen is so important. The, the kind of those coaches in the field. One, Sasha, for his incredible knowledge, his ability to coach and teach, and, and his experience and, and just his talent. I mean, he's very important. But then Victor Vasquez, he won an MLS Cup with and, and a supporter shield with Greg Vanny at Toronto. Um, you know, he understands what Greg Vanny's trying to do. He understands Greg Vanny's system. Yes, those guys are all coming back for the second year. But it, it's always helpful to have a player on the field or at least on the bench that can help translate what the coach wants uh, and, and maybe a language that's more easy. And I don't mean language, the, the language you're speaking, but in terms of more e easy for the players to understand, sometimes it needs to come from a player, not a coach. So I think Vasquez will be back. I think he's very important and Sasha as well. Um, the training wheels should be able to come off after year two, though. So maybe those guys were in their last seasons here. Greg had a lot of patience early in the season this year, right? Remember, we talked to him and he seemed like he was always trying to pull out the positives and really started. And then somewhere about, you know, the midway point, he was like, no, it's time for these guys to start performing. And then you could sort of see the frustration grow over the second half of the season. And certainly the nine game, um, you know, winless streak uh, hurts the galaxy and he comes back. Um, so I would imagine that there's a lot less leeway for guys in the second year than there is in the first year. 
So I expect that um, maybe you're going to have a little more fired up Greg Vanny on the sidelines um, whenever you see if things don't go that way. But um, well, who was the one guy, Augie Williams? He laid down the, they put him in the doghouse and he never got out again. That was it. They, the contract severed. Adios, Augie Williams. So yeah, I mean, Greg, Greg already didn't pull some punches in, in some of those things. Um, but it's just, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how the galaxy put their team together in a matter of weeks now, um, before training camp starts. And as we just pointed out, you know, let's take it at 21 players. There's still nine players really that the galaxy should have on their roster by the time they get around to maybe, maybe it's six players that they need on their roster. Um, you know, 27, 28 players before they start that training camp, uh, coming up. That's a lot of players to bring in so far. It's all been one direction except for Sasha Kleshin, who re-signed, technically really didn't even leave the team. Um, but it's been, uh, you know, Stara's gone, Zubak gone. Uh, Zubak just got married, I think, over the weekend. Um, he's gone, and then um, and then uh, Sebastian Lejet going. So those are the three. By the way, I would like to point out the LA Galaxy with their trades and, uh, and contract declines and out-of-contracts and loan-ended and all that fun stuff have now cleared $5.23 million in, gar- in, uh, in guaranteed salary. Um, and a DP spot and a DP spot and maybe an international slot with Carlos Harvey as well. So they have cash, they have money, um, to play with. And that's if you go back and get a designated player that costs exactly as much as Jonathan Dos Santos, where the LA galaxy can really spend as much as they want. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's sort of where we're at on, on a bunch of that stuff. All right. Um, before I get to my Christmas story that I promised I would tell, um, is there, is there anything else that you want to touch on that sort of wraps up the 2021 season or, or things that you're looking forward to in 2022? Not really, but, um, Alex Morgan, I really want to hear the Christmas story. You told me a little <laughs> bit about it. Kids, kids, you're going to want to gather around for this. This, this is a kid friendly story. I would like to point out. Yes, so if is. you have kids around and they want to hear a Christmas story from a 40 year old man who still remembers this, like it was yesterday. Um, then I, in, I invite you to, to pull up a chair and, and sort of hang out and, look, and look, enjoy Alex. Alex is smiling. Alex is ready for the, for the story. I'm ready for the story. Um, and it's funny because my family knows the story very well, obviously it, it happened, but it's something that we tell every Christmas. So I will say, I will say this. I was eight or nine, Kevin. So we are going back like 32, 31 years, whenever you really figure out how long ago this was. Um, but it was, uh, it was me and my sister. My sister was four or five sitting in the back of that. I actually texted her today and asked her if I still had the details right of this. And so we, we, we corresponded our, our, our story. So I think I have it pretty good. So I'm four or five. We go to my grandmother's place uh, that's that's around the corner, not too far away, only about five or six minutes away. Uh, we had Christmas Eve there. We sort of did a little thing. You know, everybody hung around for a little bit. Um, family was there. Gifts were exchanged Christmas Eve. And then we came was back. Was it over the over the river and through the woods it, to grandmother's house? It was not. It's it's really okay. it's it's down Dover and then like a right on 18th. That would be that would be it's not far at all. Um, no river, no woods. Um, so anyway, so we went through the whole thing. We're driving back. Now, typical Southern California wintertime, right? You have maybe a little bit of clouds. There's a little light breeze blowing, that type of thing. You can still see the stars coming through. So we're, we're, we're driving through. We can see all of these, uh, all, all the Christmas lights. And we have our windows down because doesn't everybody in, in the wintertime in Southern California drive with their windows down and the heaters on? Because that's what we did. Um, just we had our jackets on. So we're doing that with our heads kind of stuck out the window, looking at all the Christmas lights, uh, getting ready for Santa who's coming the very next day. Um, as we get closer to our house, um, there's this faint jingling of bells, right? And listen, it's around Christmas time. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but you can hear them. And it's not just like one bell, Kevin. It's not like it's one, it's multiple bells. 
um, coming and they're just sort of jingling in the wind. You can sort of see the wind tossing the leaves and the, and the, the bells are sort of jumping up and down and, um, and, and you just, you just hear it. It's being carried on the wind just a little bit. So we're getting closer. We're just about around the corner from our house. Um, and as we get closer and closer, you can see dancing above this house is a sleigh. All right. Now I'm not talking. It's sitting on the house. It's not sitting on the house. It is floating above the house. Um, and it has Christmas lights on it. Um, and it's all lit up and it's just sort of hovering there as the wind is sort of buffeting back and forth. And so it's jingling and you can hear it jingling. You can hear the bells jingling. And my sister looks at me and says, that's Santa's sleigh. And I'm sitting on the other side of the car. I'm like, there's no way it's Santa's sleigh. That's not happening. And my mom, who's sitting in the front passenger seat, rolls down her window and sticks her head out. And she looks back at my dad and says, Santa's sleigh is floating over that house. And my dad goes, there's no way that's Santa's sleigh. So the two guys on one side are now di totally disbelieving what the two ladies are saying on the, on the right-hand side. Um, and so we are... We are, we are coming down the street and, but you can hear the bells. So I'm now, I'm trying to climb over my sister, seatbelt off, car slowing to a crawl as we get to this, towards this house. And you can see the sleigh hovering over there with the Christmas lights on it and the whole deal. And as a child, certainly my mind is blown because there's a sleigh floating over a house. And, you know, yes, we hear about Santa, but you don't rarely get to see his sleigh floating above a house. Full size sleigh too. This thing is gigantic, Kevin. Um, so we're doing that. So as we're staring at the sleigh, um, our, our, all of a sudden there's movement down in the yard in front of the yard. And all of a sudden, um, the jolly old elf himself, not Bruce Arena, um, but, but Mr. Claus, Mr. Santa Claus goes darting across the front of the yard and goes back into another house and, and hops and basically, uh, is, is running back into this, this back area. Um, and he's looking up at his sleigh type of thing. Um, and he sees us and he, he takes his finger to his mouth and he, he, say, he says, shh, you know, the whole deal as he's going. And we all stood there and said, okay, so we got to see, we got to see Santa Claus. Um, I, I, people, t I tell that story to people. Um, they don't believe me. I could pass a lie detector test right now about seeing Santa Claus that Christmas. Uh, and it's something that sticks with me. So, you know, even though you can't see it, Kevin, even though if you, if you just get that chance, that one brush with greatness, and I know galaxy fans with their five MLS cups to sort of bring it back. They know what that greatness feels like. I knew what the greatness of Santa Claus felt like. You could see it right there. Um, and that has held me over as a 40 year old who still uh, very much believes in a Santa Claus and everything well, Santa Claus does. How does Santa compare to Zlatan? Um, as as goes. you know, a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter than I, than I imagined, well, but much well, bigger around the, the, the middle. So I, I just want to know as a journalist, why you didn't get out of the car? Why didn't you go talk to Santa Claus, get an autograph, berate him for not bringing you what you wanted? I mean, the next day I got what I wanted, Kevin. So I imagine okay. I imagine the Santa. And by the way, I would like to say we went to our house and we heard that sleigh for another 10, 15 minutes and then no more sleigh. Santa had gone. So apparently wow. the kids in that house were already asleep and we had to go to sleep. So that way we could hear Santa and the next morning we woke up, got everything we wanted. I, I don't know. I can't, I can tell you this, that again, as a 40 year old, I drive down that road all the time. My parents live in the same place. Um, I drive by the, down that road all the time. And every time I get to that house, I'm like, Santa was right there. It doesn't matter if it's 4th of July. It, and by the way, my wife knows this. I point out the house all the time. I think 4th of July, we were walking for the parade and I said, Santa was right here at this house, right? She goes, I know you've told me. And I'm like, how many times have I told you? She's like 30 or 40 times. So well, anyway. what, what, when I lived in Spokane every year for Christmas, the, the sheriff's department or police department, whatever it was, helicopter would fly over the city at a certain time. It was announced in the newspapers. If you remember newspapers, they used to have them. Yes. And they announced in the newspaper when it would come. And I don't know if it pulled the sleigh or whether they just put lights on the helicopter to make it look like a sleigh. But it would fly low over the city mm -hmm. and they'd at night and they'd use the loudspeaker right. and a 
uh, the police officer inside would say, ho, 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 children, right. it's right. Santa. What, one of Santa's but this helpers. This is different. This, this is, is different. Uh, this, this is real Santa. Real Santa, real sleigh. Not police officer Santa. F flying sleigh. I mean, I, it just, yeah. it, it's, I know it's tough to, for, for people to sort of do it. So anyway, yes, that's that's sort of what it is. And by the See, way, that's Pat, the kind of faith you need to believe the Galaxy <laughs> will win MLS Cup next year. <laughs> Blind faith. You're, yes. you're tricked by illusions. No, I mean, and uh, Patrick says, now the psychedelic lighting in Guessman Studio makes sense. So there you go. Uh, very, very well played, Patrick. Uh, Cameron also says, uh, it was either aliens or this was a genius robber. Um, neither. It was Santa Claus, I've already told you. Um, and again, uh, could definitely pass the lie detector test. So uh, that's it. I mean, we have uh, we had a, an interesting 2021, Kevin. Um, well, your story you got at night before Christmas. Come on, man. I mean, that's that's and that's not I'm not going to I'm not I everybody there. It's out there. I don't know that it does any good now. I was thinking about doing it. I was thinking about playing. You read, you read it to me. Yeah, you read it to me pregame here. No, I'm not going to do it. There is a show a long time ago in 2015 where I did Twas the Night Before Christmas based on LA Galaxy players. Um, I will find that and I will link it somewhere because it's probably better there. I remember, If I remember correctly, Kevin, I did it with music and everything to it. So I think it would be better than well, me just trying to do it now. When you read it to me but when we were preparing for the show, that my first thought was you, in 2015, you weren't married. You had way too, too much, much time, time on your hands. I, I did. Yeah. I did uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas based entirely. By the way, it rhymes. I would like to point out it rhymes. Uh, it, okay, I'll give you I'll give you a, a, a little bit of a of a teaser on it. Yay. If I can find it. Okay. Uh, Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a kit man was stirring, not even a mouse. The boots were hung by the lockers with care in hopes that Bruce Arena soon would be there. Again, 2015. Uh, the players were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of MLS cups danced in their heads and Coach Dave in his sweater and Cosmo in his taco had just scarfed their dinner with good friend Nacho. When out on the pitch, there arose such a clatter, I was sure it was Geiger, his red card, a tatter. Away to the bench, I flew like a flash, tore off my training top into a 40-yard dash the moon on the lines of the newly striped grass gave the illusion of the game night to supporters in mass when what to my wondering eyes should i see but a larger than life coach he's bigger than me with a little old gaffer so sarcastic and fine i knew it was arena and not noonan or klein more rapids than colorado his players they came and he whistled and shouted and cursed them by name now zardis now gordo now aj and leo on baggio on omar on rogers and geo to the top of the table set up the wall kino you're offside you can't make that call as dry mouths before halftime lie, when they meet with the defense, they run quickly by. So up to the goal mouth, the passes they flew with a counterattack and Coach Arena too. And then in an announcement, I heard on the speaker the shout of a goal call. The voice, it was deeper. Thank you, he said and was turning around. You're welcome, we shouted. No scarf was down. He was dressed in a suit from his head to his shoes. LA Galaxy colors, five stars he would choose. A bundle of balls he had flung on his back and he yelled out his orders. He'd give you no slack. There you go. There's my twas the galaxy twas the night before Christmas. That uh, that whatever time it took you to write that, you will never get that time back <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. I just thought I thought it was a good throwback with all the names on there. You could sort of go through it. You know, Nacho is Nacho Maganto, right? Everybody remembers Nacho, who was who was on. I think that 2015, 20. I think it was 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. Um, but uh, obviously, a much different time under uh, under Bruce Arena. I think I wrote that, and then Omar Gonzalez got traded like three days later. So if I remember correctly, that that happened, and he got traded out of the league. So uh, and Juninho got traded shortly after that. Yeah, 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 because he went the same time that uh, that Omar yeah. did as well. Yeah, so see, write that, and everybody, it, basically the whole downfall of the LA Galaxy is based off of that. Twas the night before the, Christmas. Yeah, so good, very good. 
Alex liked it. She's still smiling. Good. I'm glad. I'm. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go down to San Diego. Definitely see some games for for the wave. I'm excited about that. So they'll come up here eventually. Eventually they will. You're right. Uh, By the way, to- to- Tobin Heath is on her way. She will play for one of the two Southern California teams. One of those two. She's come. Yeah. Well, there's, there's only two. There's only but two. Th- okay. There are there are twelve teams in the league, so, so she could go somewhere else. But she's coming back and will play for one of those two teams. Very fun. I love it. Should be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to close out 2021 with? Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. If you celebrate. Happy yep. Hanukkah. That's already passed. Happy Kwanzaa. Yep. Merry Kwanzaa. What is it? Is it happy or merry? I think it's happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Like okay. I would know. I'm the whitest person you know. Like I would know. I like I just that would you should not be asking me for advice on Kwanzaa. Let's put it that way. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, a weird year in 2021. Hopefully 2022 is uh, is a little bit different. My wife said something about 2021 today that I, I think resonates. It was almost maybe a harder year than 2020 just because maybe we're OK. Maybe we can go back and do things. Maybe we can't do things. Maybe we should make plans. Maybe we shouldn't make plans. Maybe we should go to games. Maybe we shouldn't go to games. I'm hoping 2022 is a little more uh, uniform in what we do and what we're allowed to do and all that stuff. And I hope everybody is saying, uh, very safe is very safe, um, and sound, uh, for the holidays. I wish you all the best. Uh, as we said, we're going to be off. We won't be back until January 3rd, but the good news is Kevin, you and I January 3rd. So we'll be back on a, from the box night on Monday. So, uh, everybody stay safe, enjoy your holidays. Um, and I think that'll do it. So are you good, Kevin? I am, and so is Alex. She's saying bye. All right. Bye, bye Alex. everybody. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. Big shout out, by the way, to Mr. Sasha Kleshin as well for coming on the show. He was excellent, as always, and he put up with our shenanigans on a holiday spectacular. All right. If you're looking for the panda, it's at kbaxter11. You can go ahead and follow him there on Twitter, or you can go to LA Times. Um, and for all the wonderful LA Times stuff Kevin does, uh, you can find him and all this writing on soccer in Southern California. That includes the women's teams, the men's teams, the national teams. All that fun stuff is right there for you. So please check it out at LA Times, or excuse me, latimes.com, not at. You could you could put an ad in there. Probably won't work, but you could try it. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. Of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over cornerofthegalaxy.com uh, where you can find all the podcasts, articles, all that fun stuff is up there. Rumor trackers there as well. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us in 2021. We will catch you in 2022. For the Panda, Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Patrick Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.